Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, we are live with another uh, instant-ish reaction podcast. Uh, we just watched Tom Brady uh, do Tom Brady things and come back against the uh, the Rams uh, to win in a last-second touchdown. Uh, but we're here to talk about the Patriots and the Colts. Uh, Patriots get a 26-3 win over the Colts. And, you know, offensively, you know, we it says dominate down here. Offensively, they did not dominate. <laughs> Defensively, they were just disgusting today. They absolutely yeah. just battered the Colts uh, and, and completely shut them down. I think if you have one takeaway from today's game, it's that the Colts offensive line is probably the worst in football, if not one of the worst in football. The Patriots defense got nine sacks today, two guys with three sacks. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is they had a they had two sacks on the first drive. One of them got negated by penalty because Iguale got his hand up in the face mask. Yeah, but if that doesn't happen, this defense has 10 sacks. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's really incredible when you think about what they were able to do. And and yeah. this is what we wanted to see from Josh Uche, right? This is what we thought was there. Um, and, you know, we got a sack last week. Obviously, had three again this week. Like, it's just that's the type of stuff that we haven't been seeing that we wanted to see. And now we're like, okay, let's let his ear, let him pin his ears back. And of course, of course, Matthew Judon's got eleven and a half. Leads the NFL right now. He's been unbelievable. He's but one sack shy of his career high of twelve and a half, which he set last year. I think. I think I took incredible. the under on Judon sacks when we did that before the I, season. And I might have really too, bad. to be honest with you. I don't know. He's, I don't know. He, he beat. I don't remember what our over was that we set, but he definitely beat it already. I think you're right. Week. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think we said it like ten. I might have picked the over, but I'm not confident that I did. So we'll see what happens there. But you know, it's one of those things for me that like Judon obviously has been incredible, but the problem is for opposing NFL defense, uh, NFL offenses, is that okay? Judon's been great. By the way, Matt uh, Christian Barmore's not even playing right now, so you're not even really getting that push up the middle. And I know Quali had that sack that you know that ended up getting ended up getting reversed. And and Dietrich Wise has been pretty good inside and outside this year, rushing the passer. But their best pass rusher inside is Barmore, and he has been hurt the last few weeks. And so, you know, getting him back healthy and having a consistent Josh Uche on the other side. Uh, is going to make it almost impossible for opposing offenses to block the Patriots because it's just, what are you going to do? Uh, you, okay, you want to double-team Judon, you, you need to. But now if you double-team Judon, it leaves Barmore and Uche single 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 blocked. And it's like, well, one of those guys is going to get to the quarterback if you don't if you don't double-team them. So you really got to yeah. pay attention to that. And that's kind of what we talked about is that this defense is really, really, really good, probably top five minimum in the NFL when they know what's coming. If the defense, if this defense can dictate the situations and make enough good plays to force the opposing offense to have to throw the ball, then they're going to put up numbers like this. This is what they did to the Browns at points in, this, in that game. This is what they did to the Lions. It's what they did to the Steelers at points in that game. 
It's just if you force the other team to throw the ball, this team has guys that can pin their ears back and get to you. The issue is that we still don't know if this defense has enough guys that can play against the pass and the run at the same time. But, I mean, this is just right. the Colts offense was dead in the water from the very first drive. And and then they, what, I think the Patriots played 36 minutes of this game with a yeah. two-score lead. If you're playing with a two-score lead, your defense has a lot of ammo to play with, can do a lot more, and can really get after the passer. With how bad that line is, too, it's I'm not surprised things went this way. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy because, you know, Quentin Nelson is considered one of the best, you know, guards in football. They still have him on the team. Ryan Kelly is a guy who they drafted in the first round who was a very good center for them for a few years. And they off. just they just stink. They're just not they have, good anymore. That was their the hallmark of their team, you know. They have the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. And they brought back, I think, three out of five guys from last year. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the guys they brought in aren't working. And everybody that came back except for Nelson is not playing well. So right. it really is. That's uh, kind of a perfect storm of bad right. play over there. Um, and, I mean, it's we've seen it in New England, too. If you can't protect the passer, if you can't get any push with your offensive line, you're, you're dead in the water. Like it, 100%. It's the game is won in the trenches. Right. Or at least I don't know if it's won in the trenches anymore, but it is lost in the trenches. Absolutely. And that that's really the big thing is that, you know, like uh it, it's it's one of those issues where you Dark Blue Gold is a good question. I did not walk <laughs> home, uh, but we decided to wait until after the four o'clock slates to uh to record instead of waiting until I got home. So uh that's why that's why the extra delay. I'm sorry for uh for telling everyone on Twitter it was gonna happen when I got home. It did not happen when I got home. We decided to watch the four o'clock games and let everyone else watch the four o'clock games and then record. So, um, but, uh, but no, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you flip it to the, to the other side of the ball for the Patriots, you're in the same position now. Like you're looking at it saying, man, our offensive line stinks right now. And, you know, it's, it's becoming a real problem. And, and the biggest problem that I see with it, obviously not having a good offensive line is really bad. But not having a good offensive line and not calling plays like you have a bad offensive line is worse, in my opinion, because they're not calling quick hitters. They're not calling, you know, three yard, you know, the three step drop slants. They're not calling those. They're calling long 15 yard in route plays where Max got to sit back there and hold the ball. And then he's got guys in his lap. And it's just like, what are we doing right now? Like, I just. It, it's it's frustrating, and you saw some you know some things offensively that you didn't want to see. Uh, Taekwon, you know, had a had his guy beat, and then it, instead of just running by him, was hand fighting with him, and you know, Mac throws it basically where it needs to be, and and Taekwon's not there because he's hand fighting with you know with the uh, with the corner instead of running, and so that was frustrating. Then Taekwon had another mistake too, where it looked like Mac threw a bad pass, but it's single high safety. You're not running a slant on that. You're running a go on that route. And instead of running a go, he, he runs a slant. And, you know, so Mac throws it in the middle of nowhere. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? And it, it looks like to the untrained eye, it looks like that's a that's a bad play by Mac, but it's really a bad read by Taekwon. And so it's some of those things where you look at it and say, like, man, you, you gotta we got to get on the same page here. And and they're not on the same page right now. And the offensive line is just – the offensive line is killing them right now, killing them because they can't open up any holes to the running game. And they can't block anyone long enough for, for him to stand back there and make an accurate throw. And the other problem with that, you talked about calling quick hitters. 
I mean, if you're if you're having issues with the pass rush, the first thing you do is say, all right, we're going to call a screen of some kind. They can't right. even execute screens. They no, have they one can. good one with John New out there, and that's it. I mean, they got nothing on them. That happened in the Bears game too, and that's I mean, that's I like the part that's, that's all year. Yeah, this green game is just non-existent right now. So yeah. there's really there's nothing that you can rely on the offensive line to do. And you know the defense is going to sit on the short stuff because they mm-hmm. know that you're not going to have a lot of time to throw. So in that sense, I kind of get what the offense is doing because it's like if they're going to sit all over the short stuff and our offensive line can't do anything well, let's at least call the concepts that our quarterback and receivers are comfortable with and hope that they can make something happen with it. Um because in theory, you should be able to get guys open. Whether or not you can protect long enough is another question. But they should be able to get guys open. Right. But that's just they they got it together for a couple drives, which was enough to win this game. They got it together enough to get field goals, which will help you beat teams like this. It's just field goals are not going to beat Buffalo. Probably. Right. Maybe given what we saw today, maybe that's not the case. But field goals don't beat them. Field goals might not beat Miami with how many points that offense has been putting up lately. Field goals probably don't beat Cincinnati. And if that's the case, that's four more losses after the bye. And you're looking at nine and eight best case scenario. Right. So, I mean, that's the the imperative here has to be to fix things on the offensive line. They got it together enough for a couple drives. I'm not, I got to look at the tape to see what it was that worked on those drives. But if you can think, if there's any line combination here that gets you even to like outside of one of the five or ten worst lines in the league, you can make something work with how good some of these skill guys are. Right. Well, and the hard thing is that everyone's talked about Isaiah Wynn and how bad he has been, and he has. Yeah. But Cole Strange now has been benched in back-to-back games, and I think a lot of that has to do with David Andrews not being there. I think that's a lot of it has to do with that, and I get that, but like. You can't just struggle just because it's James Ferentz in there and not David Andrews. Like you have to play better than that. Um, and, that and I think it, the problem is bad, you know. Yeah, and like Trent Brown, if Trent Brown is your worst offensive lineman, you're probably in good shape. Given like he's not the most disciplined, he's going to commit some penalties, he's going to make mistakes, but. When he's in the right spot, he's going to do good things. Right. It's just you're only going to get that for like 85% of the snaps in a given game. But he's their second, third best offensive. When Andrews isn't out there, he's probably your second best offensive line. Yeah. He's a guy who is okay as your worst <clears throat> one. I mean, they got they got a chain with four weak links right now. On Wenu right. is good. Everybody else that's out there is just not getting it done. Could just, I thought, looked serviceable. At least, yeah, I think he's he's probably more athletic right now than Win or Cannon would be, and obviously no Cannon right now, so that should give you a little bit extra there in some passing situations. But. Yeah, he wasn't awful, which is which is like it's honestly at this point right now for the right tackle position is kind of like well, I mean he wasn't awful, so like we'll take it, you know. It's just it's it's rough, you know what I mean? And it, it's rough, and you, you win the last two games, which is good. And we're happy that we won the last two games, of course, right? But, you know, Dark Blue Gold, I think, says it perfectly. He said, you know, he says it's an exciting season of being slightly less bad at football than some of our opponents is unstatable. And it is. You just, you can't, you can't look at it and say, oh, well, these teams suck. And so we're going to be fine. We'll just be less bad than they are. And it's like, no, that's not good enough. You're not going to win games doing that right now. When you have nine sacks, 
you like those things went, you were able to win those games, but you know, then you turn the ball over still offensively and Mac Jones didn't turn the ball over today, but you know, Jacoby Myers, like he's fumbling Kendrick Bourne fumbles, you know, JJ Taylor made a great play to get that ball, but like, it's just, it's tough. You know, like you, you can't be turning the ball over. You have to be disciplined and, you know, and make good plays and don't do anything stupid. And the Patriots, did a few stupid things today, but not enough, way less than the Colts did, and they were able to come away with a win. Yeah, and the whole being slightly less bad at football thing is also tough right now because right. they blew two opportunities for that earlier in the season. That yep. strategy, I mean, that's you kind of got a little bit unlucky with the draw, and I think the Bears and the Packers game when it came to injuries and just timing of when you played them compared to some of the other stuff. But those are two games I think you, especially that Packers game, you oh, really yeah. wish you had that right now. And I mean, the difference between being six and three and five and four at the bye it feels kind of big right now if you're able to oh, get yeah. that. But you talked about the receivers. I think the receivers have five or six fumbles this year. It's something like that. They have the team has fumbled in eight of nine games yeah, this season. Brutal. The team has turned the ball over in 11 straight games, which the last time they did that was the last 11 games of the 09 season. And it, they only turned it over once today in the games where they've only turned it over once this season. The only one they lost was that Packers one. Like they're generally speaking, it's it was good. And Mac didn't turn it over. So you'll take that. The ball security was better. But it's just the it's it's the unforced stuff. And, right. and honestly, none of the none of the receiver fumbles are like awful. Like most of them were somebody making a play on the ball. But that's kind of if it's if all of these plays was like somebody made a player going 50 50. Well, you're a mediocre team. Like, right. You got to right. make plays. That's what this game is all about. And if it's if everything is a coin flip, then you're no better than half the league. Right. And that's. And honestly, unfortunately, and, and Dark Blue Gold is talking about the preseason, and I, I think, you know, we're kind of the worries that people had in the preseason, and we can talk about the coaching, but I think I think that's kind of what they are this year. I think they're a mediocre team this year that is middle of the pack. They're not very good. I do think, you know, and this is something that my dad and I have been talking about really since since the beginning of the year, is that next year is the big jump for them. Next year is the year they want to make the big jump. That You look at Max going into his third year. Taekwon's going to be going into his second year. Ramondre will be in his third year in the, in the league. Like, you know, Barmore will be going into his third year. You have Judon again. Like, you know, you, you're, Six, you're developing players. million dollars in cap space. ton of cap space. Season. So, you, you you know, you're developing players. You can, you can go, you know, you can go out and get an offensive lineman if you want to. You can draft an offensive lineman in the first round or the second round. Or, you know, you can kind of fix things as you go. And this year is about getting those young guys as much experience as possible and you know continuing to develop this defense and you know the the players that you have on offense but still you you're looking for more than what you're getting out of some of the players that you have you know and mac is a guy that you know and i don't, I don't want to get in, well maybe we can get into mac but I, I just look he's the quarterback and we've talked about this before like he's the quarterback is not Billy Zappi, it's mac jones but Although he didn't turn the ball over today, he certainly didn't look great. You know, he looked he panicked in the pocket fine. a lot of times. He, you know, they were multiple times when he had Kendrick Bourne running wide open across the field and he just wasn't looking at him. You know, and it's like it, even the the Myers catch where like Myers 
uh, jumped in front of the guy and knocked it up in the air and then caught it, but he was like out of bounds, but it was a, it was a phenomenal play by Myers. Bourne was wide open, and he was right in front of him. And it was like, man, what are you looking at? Like, Kendrick Bourne's all alone. Just throw it to him. Like, it just – yeah. and so – and he did that, and that happened consistently all day long. And it's like, buddy, you just – you you know, he, for whatever reason, he's not seeing the field like he was last year, and I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if he's not comfortable. I don't know if he's gun-shy because of, you know, the fact that Zappy went in for him last time and he's worried about, you know, I don't know what's going on. But it's just, it's hard for me to to look at him and have any confidence in what he's doing right now, right? I, last year ended and I'm like, that's the guy. He's the guy. He's the future guy. Now I look at it and I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy or not. And, you know, that, that puts the Patriots at, at a huge disadvantage because if you don't have the quarterback, you can have pretty much everything else. And if you don't have the quarterback, it's going to make it awfully difficult. Yeah. Well, I just look at the defense today and the way that they were able to tee off against the passer and then look at the Patriots offensive line and then think back to the six weeks of training camp and practices and all that. No wonder Mac Jones looked skittish when we saw him in the preseason. Right. No wonder he looked skittish when we saw him week one. He's yeah. he was dealing with this for a while before that. Right. And then you I mean, you then you add on the injuries and things have only gotten worse. It's like I don't I don't know what you do with Mac Jones right now. I don't think he's bad. I think he clearly knows everything on the whiteboard. I think he can clearly make every throw they want him to make. I think he's clearly tough. I think he's clearly leadership material. The problem is he's not seeing the field as well as you would like right now. He's not processing that quickly. And he seems to kind of get stuck where he'll only look at one guy or one side of the field. He's just not seeing everything. He's not, there's no full field understanding of what's going on. Right. And I think you saw some of that last year. So I, I I think the only way you can find out if he can get back to that and if he can develop that is to be able to protect him. But I also don't know if that's going to happen over the back half of the season after the bye. And if that doesn't happen after the bye, then you're in a, a very interesting spot. Although, quite frankly, I think you could argue that it's about the same spot the Dolphins were in at that point right. last season when they put a lot into the offensive line and traded for Tyreek Hill. So obviously they're they're doing all right right now. Well, and that's, that's very true. I mean, that's very true. And that's one of those yeah. things you look at and say, like, we all went into this year saying, like, Tua sucks. He stinks, and he's no good, and he's this, and he's that. Well, all of a sudden, you can protect him, and you have two ridiculous weapons like they have, and all of a sudden, they're an explosive offense, you know, and Tua's yeah. playing great. And so and it's I, like, yeah. you know, I, it I, matters. I don't think – yeah, and I don't think Tua is necessarily better than he was last year, but he's right. playing better because they got him the help he needs. You're going to need a little bit of that with Mac because he's never going to be, I mean, maybe he could be, but he's never going to have like the highest level physical traits. Uh, so he's got to win with the mental ones. He has, he has better physical traits than people think too. I, mean, I, I think his arm looks a little bit better than it did when, when he has his feet under him, his arm is at least decent and yeah. he can obviously move a little bit. I think he's comfortable with the concepts. Again, it's just application. Like, especially when you hear the coaches talk about him, it's not like, like this guy clearly understands what's going on and understands everything they want. It's just not, it's not translating. Maybe the bye week helps with that. Maybe seeing the Jets again helps with that. He wasn't yeah. bad today. He didn't turn the ball over. I don't want to say he, like, he's not, right. this isn't to say he's awful. It's, I don't know if he's better than like Jared Goff. 
Yeah. Well, and that's right. And that's not great. You know, and now Jared Goff got to Super Bowl. You can Bowl. get to a Super Bowl with that guy. But, you know, you didn't or win. Jimmy G. Yeah. Right. And that, right. Can he make the one throw when you need him to make the one throw? Correct. Yeah. And that's and that's really kind of that's what you're looking at right now. And so it's interesting. It is interesting for me, like a guy like Kirk Cousins, which to me, I always felt like, you know, I've been saying this since last year that I think his ceiling is Kirk Cousins. The difference with Kirk Cousins is that anytime it's a big game in a big moment, I think that, you know, he poops his pants. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if Matt can beat Kirk Cousins, but still play well in those big moments, well, now you can look at it and say, okay, like, you know, we have something here. Because Kirk Cousins, when he plays well, is a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL. Just when he plays bad, he's really bad. And so, like, you know, it's just if you can get more of the good than bad, now you can look at it and say, okay, we can win with that. We can. We can win with a player like that. It's just that. He needs weapons around him. He has to have good players around him. And Tyquan Thornton, I think, can get there. We saw a guy that, you know, just wasn't mentally ready today. I mean, just clearly wasn't mentally ready today. Should have caught a touchdown pass. And again, like I said, was played, was, you know, I don't know what he was doing. With, with he, he also got covered by Stefan Gilmore for long stretches, too, which one, I think, tells you a lot about how the Colts yeah. viewed him with the yep. receiving group. Um, and two, I mean, it's add that to the long, long list of guys who've had a tough day against Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> no, that's very true. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, that's Hunter Henry's seam down the middle of the field, which is a great throw by Mac. That happened because Thornton requires that other safety over the top. If you're playing man coverage, you've got to have a safety over the top. That safety goes towards Taekwon's side. And now there's a big void in the middle of the field for Hunter Henry to run a seam down and, you know, and Mac yeah. hits him. And that's the type of thing that you I think you're going to see open up more consistently. Yeah, and I think one of the things I'm kind of realizing now, too, is if you go back to last year, especially with how bad the skill position group was at points mm. early in last season, teams were just giving you man coverage, which is easy for a quarterback. You look at your matchups, you pick the ones you like, and you're going to throw to the guy that's open. Right. Now that you have guys who are actually like good receivers out there and require attention, now you're seeing a lot more zone, and you've seen it in the NFL in general this year and that's just a different skill set to read it and that right. i think is where mac has gotten stuck here so i mean i, I hopefully he can figure it out i mean sometimes the, the switch just flips for guys like it, yeah. it makes sense for them and maybe it's a comfort thing like against the ravens he looked really good and we can i know it was two and a half quarters in week three of the season so i don't want to bang that drum forever but that's the only time where he's looked comfortable and had time behind this offensive line all season. And I don't think that it is uh, a coincidence that that was his best game for large portions of it. Right. Well, which is true. You know, which is true. So, so we'll see. I mean, listen, ultimately, yeah. like you said, they won the game and Mac, I thought the, the throw to Myers where he threw it in, in, in a window that was that big. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, people in the stands are like, what a terrible throw. And I'm like, what a terrible throw. What do you mean? Like th he threw it in a window that didn't even the exist. Throw, the throw is an amazing catch by Myers. too. My only issue is I, I have to rewatch the film. I think he might have been a little bit late on it, which is why he had to fit it into a small window. Right. But the, right. I mean, that's the thing. If you want to point to an elite trait for Mac Jones, it's his accuracy. When right. his feet are there and he can hit guys like it's he can fit it in really, really small windows. Right. So like I'll I'll take it. Again, Myers yeah. fantastic catch there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that. 
you know, and it's one of those things for me that like, you know, I still think we're okay with Mac, but we have to, it has to be better. Yeah. Right. It has to be better. So dark blue gold saying anybody tuning in would be forgiven for thinking we lost or something. That's that, true. that with the dominate headline, I think let's give, let's give this offense some props here. Ramondre yeah. Stevenson. So good for his first receiving touchdown today. Yeah. You got, uh, what Ramondell Beckham out there with the, <laughs> the yeah. one handed catch. I get it, but man, like I love seeing the one-handed catches, but like, can we catch it with two hands? Like, it counts the same way with two hands. You know what I mean? Like, so, but hey, you it, know, again, it was nice. Yeah, that was a nice throw from Mac. He saw it. It well was. And- yep. Yep. And that's that's you know, it, it's some of those things where you start looking at it and saying, okay, we have some different things. Guys got to get open, right? And yeah. people in the stands are booing. Ah, oh, you know, throw the ball to this guy. I'm like, throw the ball to who? No one's open. What do you want him to do? Like, he can't just throw it to a guy that's t- triple covered. Because that's where the interceptions were all coming from. He was making better decisions about not throwing it into triple coverage, which is yeah, good. And, I'm happy about that. And he, I mean, he spread the ball out today. Last week, you saw a really heavy concentration on Myers and Ramondre. Today, six different guys had at least four targets. Uh, he spread yeah. the ball around there. Just, I mean, it was a short game too. Well, somehow mm. they had 14 possessions actually. Um, oh, one of them was that short one off the blocked punt. That's why. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, which it, it, the the game, it felt like they weren't out there that much, and yeah. it was. Uh, I, I mean, the offensive line only allows you to do so much. So I thought, with taking that into consideration, all the skill guys looked pretty good. Right. Well, and and the thing, the part for me that I think is interesting is that, you know, and I guess the coaching and it, look. I think that some of the coaching, some of the play, offensive play calling has been not up to par. Um, I would like to see more of more of that short game that we saw with Zappy. I feel like they ran it a lot better with Zappy, whereas Max coming in and they're taking you know too long. But I think offensively, like the the coaching staff has been okay. I think one place that you saw the coaching staff really step up was the special teams today. I thought special teams did a great job. Outside of Jake Bailey, I thought special teams did a great job today, right? They had that block punt, which, you know, was was something that I hadn't seen before. Belichick talked about that they knew that he was going to be playing the wind, so they knew that, like, he was going to be punting kind of towards that way. And so by sending John Jones in late, they were hoping that they could sneak him over there and not get a block, which is exactly what happened. They snuck him over there. They never realized he was there, and they never blocked him. Um, and he got right in there and blocked it, and and it was really close. It was really, really close uh, for Schooler to scoop that up and, and score, but he just lost his balance and ended up falling down, um, which would have been great. I would have loved it because Schooler, I think, has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, on, on punt coverage, on kick coverage, he's been fantastic, um, and so I was really happy to see that. Um, Jake Bailey's got to be better, but outside of that, Marcus Jones had another great return today. Like he looks, looks electric good. out there, and the blocking looks yeah, very good too. So, like you know, it's. It's one of those things where if you give him an if you give him a hole to run through, you're gonna pick up 15, 20 yards at least on a punt return. And that's huge. You know, and, and he's gonna break one of these. At, at some point, he's going to have a punt return touchdown at some point this year because he's getting close. He's getting close. He's picking up, you know, 20 yards, 15 yards, 30 yards, you know, whatever. And and at one point he's gonna make one more move. He's gonna shake a guy and bam, he's gonna be gone. So uh, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You all you know I'm loving oh, it. Oh yeah. Watch watch his- Marcus back there. 
his vision out there is really, really good too. It's yeah. impressive. Like I, he's just so exciting when he's okay. on the field. And you talk, we talk about the issues with the offense. You want to overcome that, get some special teams touchdowns mm-hmm. like this, and give give yourself short fields. I mean, as soon as they got short fields, the offense looked a lot better. And that's that's all you need. Like if this is, you might not be able to protect Mac, but if you can get defensive stops, get decent punt returns, get yourself at the 40, your own 40 instead of your own 20. That's, that's a chunk play of difference that you have just made up between defense and special teams making that difference. And that is huge, especially if you're going to be playing in close games. And, and when you play Buffalo, if you're able to get a special teams touchdown or a defensive right. touchdown in there, that can be the difference. Obviously, with Buffalo, you have to get the special teams on the field first, which has been an issue for them correct. as of late. That's correct, yes. But as long as you can do that, like that's those are the plays that can turn games. And that's how the 0-1, Patriots were able yep. to make a lot. I mean, how many close games those teams won? It's because they did the little things like that. The little the the, the small plays that can make huge differences. And special teams is back, except for Baby, like you said. Seven right. punts, one inside the twenty, a net average of thirty-four yards. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. The um, I mean, the O one jump, the one Patriots, the one Patriots won the Super Bowl and scored three offensive touchdowns in three games in the playoffs. So, like, yeah. you know, they had a pick six in the Super Bowl. They had a blocked punt return. They had a blocked kick return for a touchdown in the Steelers game. They had a punt return for a touchdown in the Steelers game. Like, they just, you know, they, yeah. that's just what they did. You know, like they were um, they were unbelievable. I think they set the record for most non-offensive touchdowns in a season uh, that year. They were fantastic. You know, that's how you win yeah. those games. Exactly. And as is, you're still figuring out some other stuff here. The late buy, I think, helps you out too. Hopefully, they can get healthy. I know we're going to talk about the defense, but Barmore mm-hmm. is still not out there. If you can, I mean, we haven't seen a healthy defensive line since week two, I think, right? Or partway through week three, when I think. In the week three is when Guy went out. Right. So we haven't seen them fully healthy since then. Getting Barmore back, if that can happen after the bye, would be awesome. Getting Andrews presumably back after the bye should help. He's probably your second best offensive lineman right now, and you need all the help you can get. Yeah. And then I, I saw some graphic earlier about the most injured teams in the NFL, and the Patriots were like 25th or 26th somewhere in that realm so one of the more injured groups so getting that by getting things together could not come at a better time yeah and i think i do think that the patriots like you know you got to assume barmore is going to be back after the bye he's already missed two games i think so you'd have to assume has he missed two or three games he's definitely missed two might be three so you would think if it was going to be that long of an absence that they would have thrown him an IR, right, to free up a roster spot. They didn't do that. So you'd have to assume that he's at least fairly close. I don't know, but you'd have to think that. Um, what kind of injury was it for him? Was that an ankle injury? I think it, I think it's an ankle. It might have been a knee, but I think it's an ankle. Um, but you talked about oh. Jake Bailey. Bailey had a 58-yarder to start, which is a great punt. Tons of hang time, good punt. Then he followed it. 36, 47, 40, 44, and then seven. He had a seven-yard seven punt to end the game. I, that it didn't matter blocked, at that point, right? but it was just like, no, just just went off the side of his foot. And it's just like that's the type of stuff where it's like you never saw that. You never saw that from Jake Bailey. Like he was consistent as, as all get up. He was fantastic, and you just 
you know, it was just like, what are we doing, right? Like Ryan Allen and Dark Blue Go mentioned Ryan Allen. Like Ryan Allen was basically MVP of the Super Bowl and doesn't come back because you bring in this kid, Jake Bailey, and he was fantastic in 2019. And he, he was, was very the best good in putter in the league last year. Right. Right. And so then he comes in this year and you're like, man, this guy, he just sucks. He signed this big contract and he just can't hit the ball. So he played well last week against the Jets. Um, you know, so I was hoping he'd be, he'd get back on track, and he did not. And so I I have no idea what's going on. It's it's incredibly frustrating to watch. Them. And here's the thing: they have to eat money if they cut him. Right. They have to eat a lot of money, which right. means there's a situation if they can't play him. There's a situation where maybe they just have two punters on the roster. There is a situation where they might have two punters on the practice squad, and they're yeah. going to elevate them on alternate weeks until Bailey figures it out. The other part of this, too, is that for as awful as Bailey's been, he's also the holder for your kicker. Right. And they've been working on, I mean, what, Nick Folk's been here since 2020. So they have that, they've had that operation down with Cardona, Folk, and Bailey for two and a half years now. And like, if you mess with that and a bad hold ends up being the difference in one of these games, and that's, I mean, Nick Folk's been automatic. He's probably been one of the, the best kicker in the league under 50 yards who isn't Justin Tucker, yeah. probably. Right. And so, not only that, he's your most important point scorer. He scores more points than the rest yeah. of your team. You have to, you, you have, you yeah. can't screw with that, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's just a weird spot to be in. He's got the yips and he was able to fix it for one week. Hopefully he can figure it out. I mean, I like Jake Bailey too. Clearly they like him. It's right. It's all been good. He and mentioned I, Folk, I, what, nine for nine the last two weeks? I mean, that's just foolish. I mean, he's he's so he's good unbelievable. Inside 50. Yeah. And yeah. for Barmore, it is uh this was his third straight game missing. Yeah. He went out during the Browns one. He's missed Bears that's and now Colts. So I mean getting him that back is. helps. We've had and we've had issues with the defensive line stopping the run. And I think part of that is just I mean, you're losing guys. Part of it's stamina too. Like right. they they should have three starting caliber defensive tackles between Guy, Barmore, and Godshaw. And they like putting three defensive tackles out there at the same time. So that helps you do that. When they don't want to do that, it means you can rotate them, give them all 10 snaps extra off a game, and they're all going to play a little bit fresher. And it helps you against the run. And they just haven't had quality is fine, but he's not that good. <laughs> he's a guy who you can play five to 10 snaps a game and feel all right with it. I don't really want him playing more than that. Right. My dad was just my dad just texted me. Does this sometimes during the during the during the thing. <laughs> he was saying about Bailey, uh and I did notice this Bailey kicks end over end now, it seems, as opposed to yeah. with a spiral, which is strange. And, and you know, maybe part of the reason he's struggling is because he's kicking that way and not kicking the way he's always kicked. I, I don't know. It just seems bizarre that kicking end over end. It doesn't make any sense to me. I get I get it if you're trying to like you know, check the ball up near the goal line. But if you're just punting, why aren't you just punting like a like a normal spiral? I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't have an answer. I am. I'm far from a punting expert. But yeah, uh... me too. You <laughs> would think Belichick is like his dad wrote the wrote the thing on 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 punting, right? Literally wrote the book on punting. So, and I don't yeah. know if it's deliberate either. Dark Blue Gold's asking if it's deliberate. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know yeah. if he's trying to deliberately because he was struggling with something else. I have no idea. But it can't stay that way. But at the same time, like you say. You know the the field goal kicking operation's been so big for them, mm-hmm. and it's been fantastic. And it's like, how do you mess with that? You know, so yeah, it's, so, uh, mean, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. They, again, with how good Bailey has been, I think at this point you have to hope he just figures it out at right. some point. 
I think depending on what happens to you can all, I mean, if you needed to, you could have two game day punters and have Bailey do kickoffs and holds to have another guy punt. They had some guys that didn't play today. Uh, Cody Russi never saw the field. And depending right. on what happens when people come back, maybe you can switch stuff up, but not ideal. That would not be ideal to have a punter and have a guy that kicks off and just holds. Like I, I don't love that idea. No, it's now we're getting into really weird territory. And it's like usually teams that are good don't have those issues. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is it's crazy that we're this doom and gloom right now after a 26 to three win and five and four going into the bye. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, the other part of it for me with with what the Patriots have done now, you are you know, you're still last place in the division. I mean, ultimately, right? Like, it's not, you're not there yet. Now, I know we have a chance to pass the Jets in two weeks when you play them. So that's good. But, like, you're still last place in the division at five and four. Now, if you were in the NFC South, you'd be winning by two games. But that's not the point. You're not. So, you know, it's just, it's it's one of those it's one of those interesting things and and I think that the Jets have a lot of things they can hang their hat on. I think their defense is extremely good. I think their quarterback stinks, but I think their defense is extremely good. Um, I think the Bills are the Bills, right? And the Dolphins right now look very good. That offense looks really good. And so it's you know it's a question of what do the Patriots really do well, right? Like what do they? You look to this team and say, okay. They're really good at doing this. Right now, it's getting after the passer, right? Defensively, they're playing great. But, you know, they haven't been great against the run. So now you say, okay, well, if I'm another team, do I just run against them? And by the way, Justin Fields, who who broke the single-game rushing record for a quarterback this year in the regular season with 178 rushing yards, they figured it out against the Patriots. They were like, hey, we, maybe we should run with Justin Fields because like he's really yeah. fast and stuff. Like, And they were like, oh, that makes sense. It's like pretty good. But when the Patriots play guys like that, they can't stop them. Josh Allen kills them every time he plays them running the ball. They just they can't I'm, stop these guys, you know? Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what happens in that first Bills game. I will say also, I think it helps the Patriots that they've only played two division games so far. Right. And they haven't played a single division opponent at home. That's they true. They'll have all three of those left. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So, I mean, if you somehow find a way to win all three of them, and worst case then is that you're going to split, well, not even worst case is split, worst case is four wins in the division, because in that case, you're sweeping the Jets. Right. Now you're Now you feel like you're in a good spot. 
I'm intrigued to see what this pass defense looks like against the Bills when they play. That's December 1st, so we got a little bit of time here. But with the way some of these corners are playing, I think you can play man. I think some of these guys probably match up better than like J.C. Jackson did against Stephon Diggs. Right. And the addition of Jabril Peppers also probably helps. Peppers is playing out of his mind lately, especially so against the run, which he so he's good. the type of guy where you wonder if you might play with a light defensive line if, if Judon Barmore and Uche can get pressure. Don't care about the run except the QB stuff because of the way the Bills have been, and you have Peppers spy on right. whatever the QB is doing. He's got He's one of the few that I think has the athleticism to take down Josh Allen and play with him. I think Duggar can do that too. I think Phillips can do that too. They got some of those body types. And the Bills don't have that same downhill rushing attack that the Bears or the Ravens showed you. They don't have as many of those big body types. So I'm optimistic on that front. Obviously, I'm pessimistic because if you take out that um, wind-cold-weather game last year, the Bills have now gone three games in a row without punting against the Patriots. Right. So holding them to 40 points and forcing one punt is an improvement. Right. Right. And that's, you know, it's, it's one of those things for me that I just look at it and think like, okay, if you can play with these guys, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm not taking anything, anything from the bills. I'm not taking any of that stuff for granted. Now I will say January 8th, the last game of the season, there's a possibility, there's a possibility and it's not a guarantee, but there's a possibility that that game doesn't matter to the Buffalo bills, that that game is, they have the number one seed sewed up. The season's over, right? And so they may not play Josh Allen. They may not play some of their some of their main guys because they might say we don't want to get anyone hurt and we'll be you know we'll be ready for the postseason. Um, they also might be they also might be guaranteed the two spot, right? And and you know when the Chiefs are the number one, they're guaranteed the two. They can't get the one. They can't get the three. They're stuck in the two spot, so they don't really have to. You know, again, yeah. doesn't matter to them, right? So there is a possibility that that last game of the season in Buffalo doesn't matter to the bills, but it matters to the Patriots. And so the Patriots play and the bills don't care. You know, the bills are like, whatever, yeah, do whatever you want. Fine. We're starting Ken Dorsey this game. Yeah. I know Ken Dorsey's the offensive coordinator, not the, not the quarterback, but you get what I'm saying. Who is their backup? Who do they got? I have no idea. Couldn't tell it's you. Not, I, might Matt as well Barkley be Ken Dorsey anymore, as far as I'm it? concerned. I got to look this It might be. Now. It might be Matt Barkley. Um, I don't think he's still up there. Um, Let's see here. Let's see. Bill's cool. roster. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Oh, okay. key of the yeah. Minnesota Miracle. Yeah. The, the the flip side of everything we're saying here, and the, the really nice thing is the Patriots will have opportunities in the back half to prove that they are a playoff team. They have the right. chance to fix it with the bye week, an opportunity to get healthy. They can mm-hmm. figure out a single offensive line combination that works and Barmore coming back makes the run defense passable. Those two changes alone, which aren't like monumental ask, asks, means that this is a playoff caliber team, especially right. compared to what we've seen in the NFL this year. Then you just got to go out and win the games, which is tough, but you got a Raiders team that cannot stop blowing leads. You're going to play an Arizona team that to me is not particularly inspiring. They stink. At, at this point, you got Miami at home, which it's the home game. It's a tough opponent. They've given you issues, but it's the home one. Like you, sh- that's going to be a they, Patriots might not be favored, but they're going to have every chance to win that game. Same goes for the Cincinnati one. Although the way the Bengals looked today against the Panthers, 
I'm a little bit more scared with them, especially without Jamar Chase. Yes. Yeah, what they just did to that defense. Um, but yeah. yeah, and you're in a spot where if you beat the Jets, you win three of those other four I just mentioned, you're at nine wins. Right. I think that gets you in this year, depending on what else happens. And if you're able to steal any other games in there, like oh, on the flip side, like if you if you sweep the Jets, split with the Dolphins, tiebreaker wise, that probably helps you too. Correct. Well, you're gonna have to pass. You're gonna have to pass the Jets. You can't end up in last place in the AFC East. I don't care what your record is. You can't end up in last place in the AFC East and expect to make the playoffs. It just can't happen. So, you're gonna have to beat the Jets in two weeks. You're gonna probably have to beat. You're gonna have to beat the the Dolphins at home uh, on you know, on New Year's. And you're going to have to win the majority of those other games, right? Even if you lose both of those against the Bills. Say you clip the Bills in one of those games. Hey, it gives you a better shot. But you're going to have to really kind of perform, I think. So yeah, The other AFC East teams have both gotten home wins over Buffalo now, too. So yeah, that's true. That's I think true. there's a little bit of pressure there. And you look at what the defense, I think, I don't, I think the Bills scored 17, 17 today, and I think 19 in Miami, and two of those came off of safety. So 17 on offense. Right. So just... Josh and Josh Allen also always seems to tune up his game when he plays New England. Oh, yeah. Well, because he knows, because he knows that, you know, that this is really the, you know, this is really what it matters. What what matters. He's a big, he's a big game player. I'll tell you that much. He gets up for the moment. I think you can tell in his preparation at times, too. I think there's another level he takes it to against the the big opponents. And that'll be a primetime game week after Thanksgiving when they come to Foxborough. So, I mean, that's. It's going to be a big one, man. The Patriots, but, the Patriots aren't done any favors, favors by the league. So they play in, they have a bye week this week and then they play in the jets the week after that. So you think, Oh, nice. The Patriots get a bye, And so, nope, the jets get a bye this week too. So they don't get an advantage over the jets. So then you say, Oh, well, the Patriots are playing on, on Thanksgiving. And then the following week, they're playing on Thursday again. So you're like, Oh, well that means that the other team has a short week, but the Patriots have a regular, have a regular week because they played on Thanksgiving. Oh no, wait, the bills are actually playing on, on Thanksgiving as well. So they don't get it. It's like, man, could, could the Patriots just get a little bit of an advantage against the next team? And I guess they get an advantage the next week after the Bills game when they play whoever the hell they play uh, that so first week in December. Game? Is it the, the Raiders Arizona game? game? I forget which one comes first. I forget, but you're right. You're right. So, but, you know, then it's like, well, does Arizona get the bye? I'm like, does Arizona get the freaking bye week like the week of that week or something like that? You know, so it's just it's one of those things. So I uh, I I agree with you. I will say about the Raiders, right, and the uh, – Katonwi, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to say that, but uh, you know about Mark Davis firing Josh, so we can get him back. I saw someone say on Twitter today, and I don't know who it was, but uh, um, saw someone say on Twitter today that the Patriots and Raiders would probably be better off if Josh had just stayed in New England. So, which is just kind of funny because they and that team, I think there were some expectations from that team that were very unrealistic. I think that team, mm-hmm. I think that team sucks. To be completely honest with you, I think they stink. And so, like, the drafting's been awful for the last few years, just really, really bad for the last few years. And so I think they have a terrible offensive line. They have a terrible um, They have a terrible offensive line. They have a terrible defense. The defense it's is It's a terrible. terrible everything outside of Derek Carr, Devonta Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Josh right. Jacobs. Yeah. And so it's just and, one of those Brandon things Bolton, where it's like – He's good. Yeah. And so, like, to me, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the hard things for me that I just, like – I think people had these expectations because they traded a first round pick for Devontae Adams that they were going to be great, and they just they were never going to be great. Now the hard part also, is also trading for Devon trading a first for Devontae Adams tells other people what your internal expectations are too. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. Now, did they trade a first round pick in next year's draft for Devontae Adams? 
They did, right? In 23? I would assume. I think it was in 23. And that pick's yeah. going to end up being a really good pick. So the rate, the, the, um, the Packers, Packers are going to have. That's where they get the Aaron Rodgers replacement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You're probably laughs> this right. He looks absolutely done with playing he's, in Green Bay. I will yeah. say, we are saying this is a coaching failure from Josh McDaniels. But I think the counter argument to that is that this team is awful. And he's the only reason why they're able to scheme up stuff to get leads in this game. And then the team is so bad that the opponent makes adjustments and eventually puts things together. Which I is a good point. Enough, I haven't watched enough Raiders football to tell you what's the case. Usually if you blow a lot of leads, you're not a good team. And that has at least something to do with the coaching. So, and we've seen, That's a fair point. We've seen Josh McDaniels in a head coaching position before and it didn't go well. So I'm not, not sure he gets the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> um, I think he's, but that's a probably, fair. That's a fair point. He probably gets a second year out there. Unless, oh, I think you have to give him a second year. I mean, I don't think you have yeah. much of a choice. You have to give him a second year. Uh, and by the way, it was not. Um, it was a 2022 first round pick and a 2022 okay. second round pick. So uh, that trade's already that the trade's that done then. Already done. The Packers tra- drafted Quay Walker at 22. Wow, the yeah, linebacker out of Georgia. Fine. Yeah, he's been okay. Yeah, been okay. I will say I'm gonna gonna highlight a comment here cody woods patriots wearing the reds yes they're wearing the reds against buffalo the throwbacks there so hopefully they win that i think i'm trying to remember i think they're undefeated in the red uniforms no not true it will in the i did an article on this actually but there's two versions of the red throwback and in the red throwback that's based on the 80s uniform which is what they wear today they're undefeated and the red throwback that's based on like the early dynasty ones, they had one loss, and that was in Miami in 09. So wearing okay. the red at Gillette, any red at Gillette, they're undefeated. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Under Belichick, I assume that is. I mean, clearly. Yeah. clearly well, at, at Gillette Stadium. So at Gillette too. Stadium. Good point. Yes. And so yeah. too. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That does it. Yep. So I mean, hope, hopefully they win that one, but that just that game has me. That's very. Tough. I mean, that's one of those things that I'm like. Mm, and yeah, Von no, Miller I'm not, against. I'm not expecting a win. Yeah, Von, yeah, Von Miller, Miller against, against any oh. of these offensive tackles. I mean, Yikes. maybe they'll line them up. Maybe they'll line up inside and Owen who can block them instead. You know, that would be good. Can we put like what's the what's the <laughs> offensive equivalent of a spy? Can we have an outside linebacker spy and just put on Wenu on Von Miller and he can just oh, follow him around? Lord, Jesus. <laughs> it's but, uh, you know it's. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in that game. It's a long way to go to that game, you know. So yeah, we got a lot of football to play, and it's that. I mean, that home Jets game. It's and that's one of those where I think if you lose it, you're not out, but you don't feel good about where you are. Yeah, you, you really want to, especially coming off the bye, you want to look better offensively, and, and that's really the biggest thing, you know. And and I I want to wrap up soon because here because we're going for almost an hour here, but I think that you know when you when you talk about coming off the bye against the Jets. And, you know, having beaten the Jets soundly last weekend in the Meadowlands. And then, of course, the Jets host the Bills and beat the Bills um, after you play them. Now you're looking at it saying, okay, you're walking out of this game not feeling great. Like, the the rest of the offense was like, yeah, okay, we weren't, like, we didn't play as good as we wanted to. The Colts are an absolute dumpster fire. Just an absolute dumpster fire. That I feel like they're tanking this year. Um, You know, so, fine. But you didn't. You don't feel great about the win. Like you're like, all right, we won, but there's still a lot of work to do. Meanwhile, the Jets are flying high. They're feeling great about themselves because, yeah, their offense didn't play well either. But you beat the freaking Bills at home, so like, of course you feel good. 
right? And so um, that becomes a thing where now it's like now they're going in with a lot of momentum uh, and they want to get revenge on you for beat for for losing at home. Um, Quite frankly, that game, the Patriots did not look great against the Jets either. That was all a Zach Wilson was explosion Zach Wilson. and the offense yeah. putting enough together to win. And exactly. If you get the Zach Wilson that showed up today, that game probably goes differently. Which right. it didn't even look great, but it's just not making the mistakes. And I think that right there, that's the story of these Patriots. We've said it every week. It's it's all about which team makes more mistakes. That determines the outcome. And right. today the Colts made more mistakes and worse ones. So the Patriots won. The yeah. Bears didn't really make any mistakes when they came to town, so they thrashed us. And that's they made one, one pick, and it was a deflection. That was it. Yeah. So and that's you're gonna have to do it again to Zach Wilson, which I think he's shown he's more than capable of doing that oh, yeah. and imploding. I think it's more likely that he happened to get up for a big game at home, especially after a tough home loss. But they got time, they can prepare, they can figure mm-hmm. stuff out, they can scheme stuff. And it's probably gonna be another low scoring, close game determined by a couple plays, unless obviously the Patriots put stuff together and really dominate them. The Patriots right with things put together should win this game. Well, that's, and that's really, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, it just, it's one of those things that, you know, you you just, you have to come out and play better. You have to, because like I said, the Colts stink. They're, they're a complete mess. I don't know what they're doing. Sam Allinger isn't good. You know, I think that's pretty obvious to see, like anyone can see the Sam Allinger isn't that good. Um, And he didn't have a chance today anyway. (laughs) And it was also like, there was one play and it just like, seems like they're poorly coached. Like, so there's one play with Deion Jackson where um, Allinger rolled out to his right and Jackson is, is next to him and Peppers is, you know, downfield. And Jackson, you know, if I'm coaching him up, I'm telling Jackson, just go deep. Just run past Peppers because now Peppers has to make a decision. Am I going to attack the quarterback or am I going to go with the running back? And now it's like, well, if I go with the running back, Allinger can run past line of scrimmage. But if I try to take it, take out the quarterback, now he can throw it over my head to the to the running back and there's nobody else there. But instead, Deion Jackson just kind of stood there. And so Ellinger ended up running, picked up like three yards. And it was like, well, that could have that could have turned into a 15 yard game by Ellinger or a, a basically not a touchdown, but like a 30 yard game to Deion Jackson. So like it just becomes one of those things where it's like the coaching stinks. I think Frank Reich's getting fired after this year. I think he knows that he fired his offensive coordinator a week after making the change to Ellinger quarterback. Out, but, yeah. You know, it just it, it's one of those things where like they're not good. And so you crush that team, which is good. And, and realistically. Did you crush them? I mean, I don't know. You had trouble moving the ball at you, one point. Like you stood think, there while they self imploded. Right, correct. And it was like what after after like four drives, the two teams together, the two teams together had like sixty combined total yards, and it was like you've got to be kidding me. Like it was they it had was negative. Bad. They had negative yards. The Colts had negative yards for the first like five, four drives of the, of the game. Cumulative yeah. because of all the sacks and everything, but still, and, and it's they, like, come and, on. And if I'm remembering, they didn't, the Colts did not get their first first down, um, without like that wasn't because of a penalty until late in the first half. Yeah, so they got that one on the first drive, right? Um, I will some some chat some stats to shout out the Pats defense here. Patriots defense had nine sacks to eight first downs allowed, unbelievable, which is incredibly impressive. Colts were 0 14 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth. So 0 for 16 on late down conversions, which 
as far as I think Alex Barth was looking into it or Andrew Callahan. I don't remember which one. As far as they could tell, it's probably a record. If not, it is in a category of like three games <laughs> that have ever been like that. Which I mean, this is it's the Lions game part two. Right. That's what that's what this was. Uh, I will say it's and the, the offense did a couple of nice things. They had that big pass to Hunter Henry, thirty yard pass from Mac Jones, yep. which I think was massive. They had a, another forty yard drive for a field goal in the second half, which I think they needed. It's just and the and obviously punching in the touchdown I think was big. They needed that to get six instead of a field goal after the blocked punt um, to really finish off that play. But it's yeah. just. Your first two drives are negative two and negative three yards. You have um, what a net, what a two yard drive in there. That's there, yeah. there's some not. There were some stuff. rough ones. There were some rough ones. I mean, the Colts just just to put it in perspective, right? If we if we take a look, if we take a look at what the Colts did here, okay, they went zero for fourteen on third down, zero for two on fourth down. They ran 60 offensive plays, 60, and had 121 total yards. And, you know, they had 43 passing yards. Now, of course, they had 103, but they lost 60 yards in sacks. And they had 78 rushing yards. But what's interesting about the 78 rushing yards, if you if you look at the 78 rushing yards, Ellinger had five carries for 39 yards. He had a 19-yard run, like, late in the fourth quarter or, like, middle of the fourth quarter. And that was when they went over 100 yards total for the game. Like, they just, mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything offensively. They couldn't move the ball. Deion Jackson, who had a great game when, um, when t- actually, I think he had two great games when Taylor was out a few weeks ago. He had 11 carries to 23 yards. Like, he did, they could get nothing going on the ground, throwing. It was awful. The Colts were awful. But on the other side of it, the Patriots... Defense was stifling. They played great defense. Yeah. They made a lot of great plays in the passing game. They were all over yeah. them. We haven't you know, even was, talked was, about that. Jonathan Jones pick six in here, which I was right. I thought I kind of thought that hit the ground. I'm not going to question it too much. It was a great play either way. And heads up, you yeah. run that in. You, you play it out, and you see where they end up calling it. Pressure, right. get get the quarterback going to his left, force him into a bad spot. I mean, that's that's should everything. Have they Probably should have been caught, but you know. That's everything that they love to do to a rookie quarterback. Put him under pressure, and I mean, it wasn't. It should have been caught, but it also wasn't the it wasn't best great throw. Though. Yeah. So it's just like that's that's what you want to see. From oh yeah. Defense. Well, and as soon as he caught it, right? As soon as he caught it, he, he you know he snagged it like like Dark Blue Gold said, and then you know and then he makes that spin move on the guy who dropped the ball, and then yeah. takes it to the house. And it was, was just that Pierce, or was that? No, uh, it was eighty three. No, it was eighty three. I don't even know who oh, that is. Oh, was it? Okay. Uh, backup side. I think Allie Cox was eighty. Oh, no, 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 no. It might be more Allie Cox because uh, what's his name was eighty. The um, their rookie tight end. Yeah. Can't think. Of I'm his gonna name. look up a video of this play now while we're doing this. Uh, what the hell is the kid's name? Uh, the uh, Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods was eighty. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure Moelle Cox is. You know, Moelle Cox was eighty one. So I have no idea who eighty three is. But it was eighty three. Um, yeah, it was 83. Yeah. So, yes. And I mean, that's a great point. That's all you can ask for in that. Right. And it's right. Here's the thing. Oh, Kylan can... Granson, by the way. Oh, yeah. Kylan Granson from SMU. Nice. I yeah. like it. 
third string tight end. Yeah. I will say, simply standing there with your hand out on the opponent's forehead while they self-implode is a somewhat <laughs> decent strategy this year in the NFL with how That's teams play. That's a good point. That, I mean, I, I said that kind of dismissively before, but now that I'm thinking about it, if you do that and you do not turn the ball over and you move the ball well enough that you'll have good field position and can kick some field goals, it probably does beat the Raiders, Cardinals, and right. Jets minimum. Yeah. And and the other part of it is this. That's true. That definitely happened. Matthew Judon's legit. He's a legitimately he's very really good, good player. You he's going to set a new, unless he gets hurt, he's going to set a, a new career high for sacks and break the one he set last year. 100%. I mean, you know, he's only a sack away from that. He might break a next game. You know, like he just, he's been fantastic all year long. And even like the Jets game last week, he didn't have a sack, but he was in the backfield constantly. He was forcing Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen, Zach Wilson to make bad plays and bad throws. That's the type of guy you need on your team. And he's been consistently good all year long. They just, they needed a guy like this. They needed him to continue to step up and continue to play well. And he's doing exactly that. And, uh, and you know, you can't ask for more than what, than what he's given them. He's been great. Yeah. And like I say, if you can get that consistent play from the other side, from, from Uche, and if Barmore can come back healthy and push the pocket like he was doing before he got hurt, you're looking at, you know, at, at a potentially very good defensive front. Again, they've struggled against the run. They have at times. They didn't today for whatever reason that was. Could be could have been the Colts, could have been the Patriots, but they didn't struggle against the run today, which is great. Um, and if you can keep that up, you can win games just on your defense. You can win games just with your defense yeah. if you play yeah. this way. Yeah, I looked this up now because I was curious about it. And I, I wanted to see, because I know that 03 Patriots team won a lot of gritty games, did not blow out a lot of opponents. They just made right. enough plays. The the 03 Patriots also went 11 straight games with a turnover. The last 11 eight games, including the Super Bowl, they turned the ball over. They just turned the opponents over so much. They forced a turnover in every game but one that season. And if this makes you feel better, the Patriots have forced the turnover in every game but one so far. We're at a point if the defense can keep forcing turnovers and not get gashed against the run like they did against Green Bay, Chicago, and Baltimore. You can fix that. Mm-hmm. Then as long, the offense can turn. They basically get one freebie a game. I think they can turn it over once and it's gonna be all right as long as it's not like a pick six or right. something crazy. And that's and that's because if you're able to do that, if you if you force two turnovers against Buffalo play disciplined football and actually like play good defense to go with the two turnovers and get a couple of big plays in there. All of a sudden you're in that game. game. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's how the Patriots have won in the past. This, the team, I think if they aren't, they're right near being both number one in turnovers and turnovers forced. They were becoming into the game. And I know that they had another turnover today, which makes it 17. It and goes they, down as one and one. So yeah, and they and turned them over at 17 and 17. So I think that's the thing is that you lead the league in, in turnovers, but you also lead the league in taking away the ball. So, yeah, uh, in takeaways as well. And so, that you 03, know, the O3 team had 24 turnovers, but forced 41 of them. Jesus, that's crazy. 41 yeah, is outrageous. I didn't realize they had multiple games, three, four games where they forced five or more turnovers. That O3 that team. I still say that 03 04 team, those are the those are the two best teams the Patriots maybe have ever had. They just were unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. Obviously won 21 in a row in that in that stretch. In that stretch, they were they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, yep. phenomenal in that And stretch. we asked we asked how they were gonna 
uh, one of our big questions at the start of the season is how do you replace the ball hawking when you lose J.C. Jackson? Right. Well, they're doing it. Jack Jones has been good. Jonathan Jones. Everybody's getting in there. We got McCordy with with some. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everybody's True. pitching in. They're and by the way, there. speaking of Jack Jones, no one's throwing his way. Nobody is throw. They're not even trying to throw at Jack Jones right they now. They may have actually upgraded the corner position by getting rid of J.C. Jackson and having it's Jack Jones come in. Yeah, it's, it's the unbelievable. The de- uh, like I said, this defense is elite. Yeah, when uh, do they know what's coming? Right. So and there's a number of ways you can get there, and you got to have guys that can make plays to get you into those spots. And when you play, when you play a bad offense, you're going to know what's coming a yeah. lot of the time. They didn't know what was coming against the Bears, and right. They knew what was coming against Green Bay, but we're down Lawrence Guy and just could not stop the run. Yes. Some some of the bad performances are excusable, but you have to fix them. They're going to have opportunities to fix them. I think they have the players to fix them down the stretch, those issues. Just got to actually do it. Right, right. And uh, and Dark Blue Goat's asking if 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 we should have a, a slice of humble pie for, for the cornerback position. And here's what I'll say. Here's my argument for myself, okay? I was never, I never, and I think I said it at the time, I'm sure the Patriots can replace, you know, maybe not replace one for one. I didn't expect them to like find an elite cover corner in the draft uh, right away, which they did, right? But my thought, you know, my argument with it was always, you have two elite players. You gave them away for nothing. Both of them. You got nothing back for either of those guys. They're getting a compensatory pick for JC at least, which I think will be a fourth. It, yeah, but yeah. you're getting a – so you're telling – if you had told me, oh, yeah, I'm trading J.C. Jackson for a 2020 – for a 2023 fourth-round pick, that, like, that's not even close to enough, right? That's not even close to enough. Even if you had said 2023 third-round well, pick, I mean, which is the highest I mean, it, it could have been. You know what I mean? I mean? It's, like, not, it's, not, it's not like you can just find the number one PFF-graded corner in the country in the fourth round. I know, which is outrageous. <laughs> and, listen, and, and listen, this is the thing, right? They did it, right? They they figured it out. They drafted the guy, which is great. My argument was always, you can't just let the guys go for nothing. Like, yeah. you took Gilmore to the carpet, and you wouldn't pay him, and he was pissed at you. And instead of instead of holding him to the end of the season and then letting him walk in free agency too, you traded him and got nothing back. Like, you got nothing whole, back. You got a six-round pick in 2023. Like That whole nothing. situation is still so weird because that's – that's one of the very few instances where somebody has left New England and gone on to play better, or not better, but as well, or, or right? Well, at all somewhere else, right? And I think, I mean, what from what we can tell from the outside, it was just differing opinions on the health yeah, just, part it of it. It was really bizarre. It was just a yeah. really bizarre situation, and they weren't letting him play, and he didn't want to play, and they thought he, it was just it was a mess. And yeah. it was like then you traded him, but you got nothing back. It's Stephon Gilmore. He was a year and a half removed from being the defensive player of the year. And you got a 2023 six round pick back for him. It was like, what yeah. the hell are we doing? You got I, nothing back, you know? Will, and it was, it was awful. Yeah. I will say the one way to make up for that. And the, the area where bill has gotten criticized is just missing on the draft. Right. And there's an argument right now that two of the five best, or at least two of the 10 best players on this team right now are guys that they got in day two or day three, Jack Jones, and Ramondre Stevenson. It's true. Which Certainly, you like surplus value and just hitting on guys. And now it's just all right. You can tie one like right now. It's really your your early picks in right. Cole right. Strange, Mac Jones, and to an extent Christian Barmore with the health question right. that are under performing the value. And I think Taekwon's fine. Taekwon's still young enough, and because he missed Correct. part of it, I'm not gonna 
hammer him too hard on that. But yeah, you can lump him in there as guys who aren't giving you that value. And if, yeah. if those guys play up to what you would expect from their stature, if Mac Jones can be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL and Baltimore can be a starting caliber defensive tackle and Cole Strange can be a starting caliber left guard, that helps you a lot. A hundred percent, hundred percent. If yeah. if you can get another reliable player, now you now you're talking about the middle of your offensive line is taken care of because you're you're comfortable with Andrews, who hasn't, admittedly hasn't played great this year, but he's been okay. On when who's been the, your best offensive lineman all year long? He's really good. And you know if Strange can start playing well, now you say okay, we don't love our tackles right now, but they can play okay. Trent Brown's decent, and I thought I I thought could just played well today. So okay, so. Kajust is out there, Brown is out there, and then you have a solid interior offensive line. Now you're working with something. Now you're saying, okay, we got something here. Like, you know, we're not the best offensive line in football, but we're good enough, right? And so that's the thing for me that, like, yeah, if you can do that, that's going to be huge for them. And so, you know, am I happy that they got rid of J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore? No. Am I really happy with the returns that they've gotten so far on Jack Jones? Of course. Am I happy that they have Malcolm? Uh, do they have Marcus Jones as well? Absolutely, hundred percent. Everyone knows I love Marcus Jones. I think we saw a little bit less from him in the in the uh, in on the defensive side of the football today. Obviously, till the end when the game was over, he was out there covering covering Michael Pittman. But mm-hmm. you know, he's one of those guys for me that uh, I think he needs a little bit of time to develop defensively, but he can bring you so much on special teams that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you, you get enough from him right now as it is. So um, I'm happy with that. I do think that they are comfortable with all three of their corners right now. I thought miles Bryant played pretty well in the slot today too. Um, They're comfortable with all those outside corners and they just rotate them. They just rotate them in and out to keep them fresh, you know? Yeah. And that's, I had said that I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I was saying to other people at one point that I liked the cornerback room because I liked the depth. They didn't have the high end guy, at least at right. that point. We didn't know what we had in Jack Jones, but it was kind of this. And I mean, that was even when they still had Malcolm Butler. But Jalen Mills is a real NFL cornerback. He's not elite, mm-hmm. but he's a real player. Jonathan Jones is like a proven NFL player. Yep. Sean Wade had showed upside. Jack Jones had upside. Marcus Jones had upside. Malcolm Butler at that point was like, you don't know what you're getting from him. Miles right. Bryant is, I think, as good as you can expect from somebody his size and athleticism to actually be in the NFL. And it's like, all right, they're not they're not going to like dominate guys in the air, but they're not like teams third and fourth option shouldn't beat them. They should right. be able to be steady, and if they can force turnovers, they're going to be all right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. so we'll see. can I shout out one other thing here on the turnover front? We're harping on the, the whole no picks thing from Mac, which obviously is amazing. Huge. It's the first game of the season for him without a pick. First game, I think, since the Jacksonville game last year for him without a pick, if I'm Yikes. calling correctly. Yeah, sounds about right. So huge there. Almost more important, no strip sacks. Yep. One of the few games we've had this year without a strip sack. So it's a combination of the offensive line doing a little bit better, um, especially like, even though even when they had issues on offense, like they weren't giving up the bad, bad place. It was only it was only regular bad and not awful. So you, right. you can you can work right. with that to an extent. You can live yeah. with it. Um, and also that's good for Mac. You want to build confidence. Like he didn't get hit as much today. I think right. four sacks. That's still ten sacks in the last two games. That part isn't good, but nothing backbreaking. Right. Yep. Exactly. It's true. And and that again, as we talked about, they're not the best team in the league anymore. 
Nope. You have to. You cannot be making those massive plays that go against you. You can't. You can't win that way. And so, you know, not committing any of those huge plays was huge for them today, um, and something that that I think is going to benefit them down the road. So, we'll see if they can keep it up, and hopefully they can, and they can figure some things out in the bye and and come out and play well against the Jets in two weeks. But it's a long way to go until then. And right now, you're five and four. Yeah, you're last place in the division, but you're above five hundred. You're in a much better spot than you were two weeks ago when you were, you know, two and uh, three and four, and everyone was looking at this team saying this team sucks. They just lost to the to the Bears this on Monday Night Football. This team's terrible. This team you was know? one in three at one point, and this team right. has gotten in a hole, and it's not the best spot to be in. But this team has been in in worse spots. I think the obviously we can go back to the one team as much as we want. They were five yeah. and five at one point. I think I think they were four and five, maybe. I think that's right. Yeah, um, so it's, yeah, yeah, might have been right. Yeah. Not that I expect this Patriots team to put it all together and win every game after the bye, but if the offensive, like we said, it's stranger things have happened. If they can put together some of the basics over the bye week and figure a couple things out, then they are within a lucky break or two of playing with any team in the NFL. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And this so, team, under Belichick, they've done pretty well at getting lucky breaks. They were five yeah. and four last year. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. So, you know, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can get the 10 and, and then we'll be all set. So we'll see. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We'll be back uh, later on in the week, midweek sometime. Uh, we're going to have a guest this week for sure. Um, and so hopefully yeah. we'll have some fun with that and uh, and enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, yeah, that, that pretty much that wraps it up. And listen, we're going heading into the bye over 500. That's all we can ask for. Right. Yeah. As far as I'm yeah. concerned with the way this team looked at the beginning of the season. So yeah. not perfect right now. Long yeah. way to go, but we're doing OK. Yeah. And hey, next, this means next Sunday you get one of those relaxing days where you can watch Red Zone on the couch. That's or right. you can use that and get some errands done or some of the yeah. stuff you wouldn't usually do. Nah. Go to a concert Red Zone, next on, the, Sunday. Red Zone on the couch sounds good to me. So yeah. that works for me. But all right, guys. Thanks.